children of all ages. We are back for another edition of Mai Tai Happy Hour. Sadly, we are social distancing ourselves. Is that what it's called, is that what it's called Hambone? It is called social distancing. And But that said, we did not want to leave you without an episode. So we got Hambone here via satellite. I am. I'm coming to you from my dungeon apartment in somewhere in the swamps of New Jersey. It's not in the swamps. I mean, you're not too far from the swamps, but you're not in the swamps per se. It's close enough for rock and roll, man. Kayfabe. Are you feeling healthy? I am feeling healthy. No cough? Feel- no anything no. weird? I'm just, just chilling, man. I'm just doing my best, trying to keep a low profile. I'm constantly washing my hands, and I just want to remind everyone to make sure you use lotion on your hands when you get them washing. You're going to get the cracks yeah. on your hands. Lotion like moisturizer or lotion like is in like dial? I don't know, man. My mom bought it for me, and it's for dudes who like work and have like cracks in their hands from like having to constantly submerge them in water. And it's actually working pretty good. And it brings me quite a bit of relief. I don't think that actually is what you do, though, to eliminate like the coronavirus. No, no, no. I wash my hands thoroughly, and okay. then I just rub it on the tops where so, the, the cracks are. So this is to have soft hands, like soft hand bone hands. Well, it's not. It's not the soft part of my hand. The undersides are still very soft. It's it's like my knuckle area that is cracking open. I mean, when I used to wait tables, it was terrible because I'd have to go and like get paraffin seals because I would be constantly like submerging my hands in water. I mean, that's don't know what that means, but hey, it's another edition of My Tai Happy Hour, and uh, we are here to make you happy and bring some some smiles to your day because God knows this week has been insane. This might be the most bonkers week I've ever had in I don't know years, maybe twenty yeah. years. Hambun, yeah. what do we have in store for the kids this week? So this week we are talking about McMillions, the six-part series about the McDonald's Monopoly game on HBO. Westworld's back with its brand new season premiere, so we've got some first thoughts on that. WrestleMania has not been canceled or postponed. It's just been sidestepped to the PC. Downsized. Downsized. So we're going to talk about that a little bit. And finally, AMC Theaters is starting to not be able to show movies anymore or any other movie theater for that matter. And now Hollywood is bringing movies directly to your door. So we've got some thoughts. I like that plug that you did there for AMC theaters. I mean, it's like they, you're not even involved in this, but you're like, I got to plug AMC. That is my local theater and I love them. And I will be going back there when I can. To be fair, Kara Soates is also your local theater. It's not that far away. It's called, it's like one town over. Brother, I've been going to AMC since like 1997. I know, I know. It's They're so my sad. Oh my God. Your obsession with like, you're like, you know, the figments of your past is kind of crazy. I didn't realize that until you started talking about the TikTok diner. Well, it's it's not so much figments of my past. It's, it's more loyalty. You know, it's, it's it's brand loyalty. AMC would do nothing for you. Carasos is like, you know, more mom and pop than like AMC Clifton. They're a chain. They're not really, they're not so mom and pop. And listen, man, I've been getting, because of my Stubbs membership, like so many free perks for years now. Like it's paying for itself. So what are they doing for you now that there's no, uh, there's no, or should we hold that segment for Let's later? Let's hold that off. Will I forget yeah. though? Like, are they comping you a little bit at least? No, they're not comping me anything. And my stocks for AMC are in the tank. I'm also a shareholder, folks. Full disclosure, my stocks are in the tank. Uh, I'm so glad I sold that WrestleMania stock when it hit 100. Anyway, uh, let's talk about a cocktail because I feel like I need a cocktail right now. What are you going to serve us up this week? So I've been thinking about it a lot, and I decided to come up with a cocktail of my own. It's a variation on something I usually make. I'm calling it the Napalm Sunrise because especially with all the disease rampant in the world right now, you're going to need something to kind of clear up 
uh, your guts and your insides. So it is a very high alcohol content in vodka. You're going to take 100 proof vodka, one ounce of it. Don't bother with the 80 proof stuff. Take the 100 proof because then you could actually use it to clean your countertops when you're done. So 100 proof vodka, one ounce of that, half an ounce of 151, whatever you got lying around. And you know you've got a bottle of 151 lying around because you made like four zombies in your life and that bottle is just collecting dust. Well, let's put it to use. You're also going to pop in orange juice uh, in ice, throw it in a mixer, shake it up, dump it into a glass. And if you want to get really fancy, if you're really worried about what's going on right now, drop a pack of emergency in there as well to get a little vitamin C in it. Extra in addition to the orange juice. Float a little grenadine over the top, napalm sunrise. It'll get you going right. Hmm, not a bad post-apocalyptic cocktail, considering that's where we're going. One, uh, I, I saw a meme yesterday that I wish I had screen grabbed. It was amazing. It was a shot of um, the Road Warrior from Road Warrior, from Mad Max Road Warrior. Uh, it was right. a couple different shots of people from Mad Max movies, and it just said, how long do we have to wait before we can dress like this? Because my body is ready. Oh, I've seen that meme as well, and it is perfect. It is so funny. I, I don't think we're quite there. I mean, I feel like we're more held, heading towards the dystopian future than post-apocalyptic, though. Yeah, you it's know. still not polite to show your dick to anybody, so you just got to pack it away. Why did Cover you, it up. What? Where did that come from? There's no penis in the Mad Max movies. Uh, yeah, because the dude's wearing a loincloth. You're welcome. It's I, not. He, he's. We're not there yet, is what I'm saying. But, damn, Bone, I'm not sure that was proper. That was kind of wrong. Unless you've been walking around in loincloth all day long. And, and your chain George, mail. I would look terrible in a loincloth. And you know jeans make my butt look so much better. So I've been working from home. And working from home uh, is... I didn't realize how tough this is. First off, uh, food-wise, I, I, it's hard for me to remember to eat. It's a lot easier when you have a full-blown like multi-story cafeteria at your job, as well as a Starbucks. You kind of force yourself to remember to eat. And if you don't, you have colleagues that make you go eat. Not the same when you're home. Um, right. Struggling to eat. Struggling to eat in a in a social distancing environment. I've been Which trying. Is good, you have to ration food. I've been so I've been trying to eat out as much as I cannot eat out, but take out like either pick up or have it delivered to me so that I can. Right. You know, ration what I have in my house, which is not so much, and we're probably screwed if we're not allowed to go out anymore. Do you find it tough to work from home, or is this just like normal for you? Uh, it's kind of normal for me. Uh, the I, I, albeit, like I spend a lot of time at home. I'm a very social person. I like to get up and just get out and go places. Like, oh, you know, I like to go get a cup of coffee. So I'll zip down to the Seven Eleven, or like I'll walk around the corner. You know, I like to stretch my legs out a little bit. So for me, you know, I've done my food shopping. Uh, my problem is I'm just anxious about what's going on in the world. So I don't, I'm not really hungry. So now I'm trying to remind myself to eat so I don't just go, oh, shit, why am I feeling lightheaded? Oh, because you didn't eat anything because you're just your anxiety is like, ah, best diet ever. But, you know, for me, I know a lot of people are not used to being home so much, especially when they're used to going out of the house for eight, nine hours a day to go to work. Maybe they go do something afterwards. Uh, most of my work for the last five or so years has been based out of the apartment I was living in. So uh, I'm pretty comfortable with it. I'm pretty good with it. Like, you know, I I'm an indoor kid, so I will do okay in this climate. You're an indoor kid. That's Ooh, a indoor kid. very strange way to put it. Um, homebody also works. Yeah, a little bit of homebody. You're a little bit of homebody. I 
cannot handle this. I am one of those people who will work for like half an hour at work and then go find people to talk to. And then I'll work for a half hour, go find people to talk to. Right now I'm stuck at home with my wife, who I love and adore. But like, you know, we are like separated by floors right now where we might like murder each other in the middle of the day. Uh, And you also have a toddler. She did refer to it as coffee cooler. uh, I mean, water cooler talk when she would like come upstairs and just say, hey, and I wouldn't be on a call. And we'd be like talking about like Westworld. And she's like, this is like the best water cooler talk I've ever had. Like, all right, that's interesting. Toddler is a whole different situation. Yeah. Um, we, our daycare is one of the few daycares still open. Today, I had the strangest experience of dropping off at school. I pull up into the driveway, and a nurse and slash the director comes out, and they're like, "We need to. You can't come in here. Back up, buddy." I'm like, "All right, backing up." They're like, "I'm like, Gabe, march forward. Gabe marches forward." They take like a brain thermometer. I don't know how, what it is, but they press it up against to his head, and they check his temperature, and they're like clear. And they're like, Gabe, you might, you may approach. And then Gabe walks forward, like completely weirded out. And they're like, okay, go into the decompression chamber, and they open the first chamber, then the second chamber, and then he's gone. And there's my child going to become, I don't know, a science experiment until we picked him up. Very, very strange. I do appreciate the level of security they're going through. I mean, yeah. But wow, wow. Like some famous person must have their kids at our daycare because for the amount of money I'm paying, they might, but weird, weird stuff is going on right now in the world. Oh, I mean, at least they're taking the steps to decontaminate the kid. So. So, so the weirdest thing I've seen is I heard about this new documentary on HBO called McMillions. I, back in the mid-90s, around 95, 96, I was working at the RX place, which is around the corner from a McDonald's in West Orange. And one thing I would do every single day is go get a, uh, a crispy chicken sandwich and some fries from McDonald's. That was my lunch pretty much da- on the nice. daily. And... Um, I I would do it largely to get the um to play the McDonald's Monopoly, which almost always guaranteed you some free sandwich item. So it was a great yeah. way to buy something and get a free sandwich for free. It was like almost like you could like, you know, every chance you got a large fry or something. You rarely lost, or else you put that towards the game piece. What I didn't realize was at the same time, pretty much the entire like large scale prize winnings on the McDonald's uh, Monopoly, the million dollar prizes were never won by actual people. They were won by like members of the mob. And this documentary just came out on HBO, basically telling, you know, blowing out from beginning to end the entire conspiracy of McDonald's Monopoly and how it was rigged from the start. No one ever won those millions. And I. And flabbergasted, I never even knew about this. Um, what are your thoughts, Hambone? So first and foremost, uh, my McDonald's go-to was the two cheeseburger meal, and I would take the French fries, put them on the burger, and then hot tip, you would get the barbecue sauce and put that on top of the fries on the burger. The best. Very that good. was my move. Oh, yeah, it was great. Uh, it explains many of my pounds. But I would go, and uh, I would do the same thing. I'd be playing the game, and that was a cool thing. You, no one walked out of McDonald's without at least getting a small fry with every transaction when you peeled the Monopoly piece off. Like, there was no losers. It was impossible to lose at Monopoly unless you were apparently going for one of the big prizes like a Dodge Viper or a million bucks. Dude, when you told me about this thing, and I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ. I don't want to watch another uh, watch another thing on McDonald's. I I don't really care. I don't really like documentaries. Like no hambone. It's about 
the Monopoly thing. Bro, I was invested in it, and I could not believe, after all these years, I found out the entire thing was a rigged sham. So they do explain towards the end of the movie when they're wrapping things up that the one reason why most of us have not heard about this is because the they blew the lid off of it like month like a month or weeks before 9/11. Yeah. So it never got the news because once the news cycle became 9/11, no one cared about uh, you know a white collar conspiracy scam uh, at all, let alone a McDonald's monopoly and but this is the tale of, of, you know, from the early 90s to 2001, uh, the McDonald's Monopoly ran, even though it currently still runs, but it's legit now. It was run by, you know, the guy who was in the agency, the security guy who was running it, was basically pawning off the pieces to the Italian mob, the Colombo crime family, who was then giving them out to people in exchange for like an upfront cut of half the millions most people couldn't pay so then they were indentured to the irs and it just keeps rolling and it keeps rolling like you think it's like one guy behind us and it just they peel away the layers on this and it is incredible the story's incredible you would think how could you go six at one hour episodes on this they do and you're never bored i could not believe i watched cause i thought it was only three episodes and i was like oh I, I could sit through three episodes of this and then it gets to the end of the third episode and i'm like Oh shit! I was like, they, they didn't really go anywhere with it, and then I looked. There's three more episodes. And I'm like, you know what? I think it got a little slow towards the end, uh, end of episode five into six. But I, bro, I was riveted, and I had to know who the informant was. And that's the thing. Like, you think you're never gonna know who the informant is because, like, the episode prior, they say that they're not gonna reveal it. Nobody snitches, and then they reveal. There's a big reveal at the end of who the snitches, um, and it is nuts. Like this, you never see it coming. Such a level of conspiracy. And it is amazing that they were able to basically capture everybody. What's even more amazing is that with the exception of one FBI agent and the exception of the actual guy who did all this, every single other person involved is interviewed from the head of the DA, the prosecution, the all the FBI agents, including our favorite guy, uh, the the head. Oh, oh my him. God, the most bro dude ever who ran this investigation. Uh, you know, you get the McDonald's side of the story. You get the you get a lot of the people who had the stolen game pieces, many of which who were in on it. You had the wife of of the guy from the Colombo crime family who is who is you know basically leading the scam on the on the mafia side. It is so good. And it is one of the most like we got everybody documentaries like every, them. every every aspect of this is covered. Uh, the guy's name is Doug Matthews is the and FBI I mean, agent. He's so he, funny. He's so I would I was like if I was drinking still I'd have a beer with the guy and I know I would just laugh the entire time. He wouldn't pay for a drink because he is that kind of guy and he's just so excited about his job. I know, and and it's it's just amazing to see all these other straight laced FBI agents. You think FBI agents are all like you know Mulder and Scully, and this guy is just like wants to. He he's so psyched to be an FBI agent. You see it in him. He still is an FBI. Uh, he has an office now, so I assume he's become a little bit higher up in the food chain. But so good. This is um this should be very sentimental. People our age who had the McDonald's Monopoly game, especially during the time that this was going on in the late 90s, early 2000s. It's definitely harkens back to a good period. Not that you know, bad periods, but like this was definitely an era I clearly remember. I remember pulling 
pulling off those game key pieces off of the large fries, off of the drink, and just being really excited to see what I'd get. Having my game board in my car that I would put everything on that you never yes. actually would win anything big off of. Because and now we know why. Every single piece was stolen by the mob. So good. It's done now. It was week to week, but it's it's fully over now, so you can binge it. It's on HBO. Um, you know, any final thoughts? Like, do you recommend this for everybody? Oh, listen, I absolutely recommend this, but I gotta, I gotta hit you with some real talk, George. Sure. I, I, tell me the truth, bro. Did it make you want a cheeseburger? Because I sat there last night going, holy shit, I would fuck up a Big Mac right now. I, I think it's more an issue of, I'm shocked that, that McDonald's still doesn't have an impossible burger. Me too. Like That's B- weird. Burger King has one. Um, you know, there's other uh, there's other food chains I think are talking about having one, but McDonald's still hasn't pulled the trigger on a on a uh, a plant based meat because you can't call them vegan because that's not you know PC. I just know I see that red and that yellow and I get immediately hungry. So they're definitely doing their job right. So speaking of HBO shows, they just came back this week with uh, another season of Westworld, which is also kind of apt since that is sort of dystopian futurish, kind of Blade Runnery. This time, uh, so last season, not my favorite season of Westworld. It was kind of like True Detectives season two, where it just kind of rambled, retold the first story, really didn't do much of anything. And I, I was just kind of bored. It was a struggle to uh, get through last season of Westworld. I tapped out. But this season, they decided to, uh, and they gave us what we want. They gave us what we want. They gave us what we wanted. And give me what we want. The the Cylon creature cyborg people broke free, and now they are in our world, or a future version of our world, and everyone else is the people who like are playing the game. So like they are the guests. Now it's the it's the cyborgs that are the guests into the real world, into a world they've never experienced because What's all they've twist? known is what was in that, you know, the West, the Western world. Because that's kind of what it was. It was Westworld, it was Samurai World, it's all these other worlds. But it um they decided to really, really switch it up. They have the uh the the guy from Breaking Bad who is Aaron now, Paul. Aaron Paul. That's what your job is to always know the names of people because I'm horrible at it. But Aaron Paul is in it. He is playing um Kind of like a, a blue collar kind of just schmo who's trying to work his way up. Uh, I guess you are predetermined what your job will be, and he doesn't love where his like lot in life is. He's trying to work his way up, and he is is it's just kind of giving a little bit of backstory on him. But at the same time, you are trying to you are realizing that that one lady, the blonde one, help me here. Dolores. She is all I know her as is like Marilyn Manson's ex girlfriend from when she was like twelve. Remember that? That was really yeah, strange. That was uncomfortable. Very uncomfortable. But she is on the hunt for the people that helped create the world that she was trapped in for all these years. It is full on. Mostly takes place in again this future. You know, maybe it's two thousand forty five, so to speak. I don't know. They may have given a name. I have no idea. But it's like kind of like in the near far future. There's flying cars, but it still kind of looks like our reality. We're not. I feel it's not as far as Blade Runner, but it, or Total right. Recall, but it's close. You know, we we basically this one really sets up for where we're going, and I think it is more of a revenge story where Dolores gets her uh, comeuppance and revenge on all the people that thought that it was cool to toy with the feelings of cyborgs. Yeah, I really enjoy Evan Rachel Wood uh, in most things she's in. The only thing I didn't enjoy her as was Marilyn Manson's girlfriend because that was weird and uncomfortable. That was very weird and uncomfortable. Uh, so I, 
I'm going to give this season a chance. Um, again, I was very tough on season three, but again, like I really enjoyed the last season of True. Was it True Detectives? Was there a True Detective season three? There was. Why am I feeling I have fake memories right now? Like, do no, I no. feel like there is almost like like implants in my mind, and like the Matrix is twitching, and perhaps we I am a cyborg. We we talked about True Detective season three. Uh, it was with a. Uh, Marishal Ali. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That was very good. So, you know, it was very good. I feel like shows do have a chance to come back. True, De- True Detectives is more serialized per season. So I think it's a little bit, um, you know, easier to grasp than this. I think if you were just coming at it raw and starting in, se- starting in season three of Westworld, you'd have oh, no idea. What, no idea what the hell is going on. Did you watch the episode? I did watch the episode. Oh, I, was like, I didn't I... expect you to. I wasn't, you know. No, I'm, so, you I know, mean, I'm. I kind of have not a whole lot on my plate these days. Like, I feel the so. lead segment we should both watch, but we don't have to watch all of them because, you know, like Castlevania last week. I didn't. I knew you tapped out of this one a little bit ago. It was a, sl- a real slog to get through Well, last I'll time. give it a shot to come back, but, like, I just, I watched it today and I'm like, I'm not really interested in this. Oh, you did not. Why? Is it too slow? Was it too future real? No, I mean, it's. I don't really feel it as so future real as... I kind of liked the direction they were going in the first season. I kind of felt the second season got like really off the rails, and now there wasn't a strong enough connection to kind of what was going on in the second season to kind of bring me to where we are now. And so this this episode was a slower episode, and it's one of those things where if you do not have not really watched the full first season and didn't really pay attention to the second season, you are fully lost in the third episode. Completely. I, I agree. And this is also a – but I feel like even if you – only watch the first season, go into the second season. You really need to revisit the first and second season to understand what's going on. This isn't something where I think if if you have the horrible short-term memory I do, you cannot just go and watch it raw. I feel like – so I have this issue. It drives my wife nuts where I have to go and re-watch a season before the new season. Do you ever feel you have to do that? Never. Never. You remember everything that happened in the previous seasons. See, that's I remember why, all the pertinent information. See, that's why I'm like, Hambo and Hambo don't have ADD. Like, I don't know what you're thinking. Like, I can't even remember what was on an episode of TV I watched last week. Like, I have to watch the recap of the previous. Like, it's crazy. I need to watch a movie three times before it's fully ingrained in my mind. So I'll, I'll, I'll explain it like this. So say, like, a show like Supernatural or a show that's been going on for seasons like Doctor Who, right? Mm-hmm. Uh I won't remember exactly what episode it was and what season it was in, but I will remember the story so far. So, you know, like, it's just like, oh, in Supernatural, that was that season six, was that seven? I don't know, but I know it happened. I know why it happened and why it led us to where we are now. Yeah, I mean, I I get that. I, I think it's, for me, it's even just simple things. I have a very, very tough time just recalling like plot lines i could never names i'm horrible with names there's a lot of who's real who's a cyborg who's not again a lot of blade runner in here and um yeah got annoyed with that with battlestar galactica exactly but battlestar galactica the seasons were too long the problem with battlestar galactica we can go into that a little bit because that is one of my favorite tv shows that went off the rails for two reasons first of all they were doing 24 episode seasons or something around that which was the norm back then for like for most television shows. And that meant a lot of what you were watching was uh, filler episodes. And that's what hurt that. That's what hurt Lost. I feel if yep. Lost was 12 tight episodes, it would have been much better. And then on top of that, you had the writer's strike. And I just feel it's sl- the writing, both Lost and Battlestar Galactic, got so sloppy at the end 
that they just kind of like finished it off. Like we were always trying to find out who the was it the twelfth Cylon, the seventh yep. Cylon, the final whatever. And it turns the out final to be Cylon. And it turns out to be some random. Like I had written the storyline so well. Do you want to know how I'd written it? Fantasy book it. Fancy book. There was, they had always talked about how, you know, Admiral Dama had a lost son. There was another son he had that, like, he disappeared. I don't know if he died. I don't know what went on with it, but he lost his other son. And I thought it would have been incredible if the big reveal was that the final Cylon was his lost son. Whoa. And instead we got, instead we got some, like, jabroni uh wife of of one of the commanders uh admiral ty saul ty's wife who we hated her when she was around and then she was even worse when she turned out to be a cylon and i'm like that's it it was it was insufferable it was the worst reveal since you know mcmahon came out as god in the higher power storyline it was me, Austin. It was me all along. I uh, was very, very disappointed with Battlestar Galactica, and I feel like Westworld has the ability to tie all that up. The thing is, there is so much mythology in the Westworld storyline that you almost need like a book to truly understand it, much like Game of Thrones. Yeah. And and I'm just curious to see, you know, the, the, the characters they have, I mean, what's her Jennifer J- not Jason Lee what's her name what's the uh, girl's name Dolores oh uh, Evan Rachel Wood Evan Rachel Wood I mean come on Jennifer Jason Lee I mean you know it's kind of the same thing three right? names three mm-hmm. names the thing with her is she's trying to play a robot who has feelings I think she does a great job I coming do. off cold and distant while still like you feel for her and I think it's a very tough job to play I mean you don't want to just be the Terminator but it's also weird the Terminator all of a sudden has feelings so Really, really good stuff there. I think if you're into this type of sci-fi, if you like the first two seasons, definitely check it out. If you had to, um, if it was hard to get through the second season, I think it's worth trying if you finish second season. If you tapped out like Hambone did, maybe you pass. I tapped. There's something here. Look, if anything, you've got to give it the set pieces. The cinematography is Mm -hmm. amazing. And I really, really enjoy watching this show. It's beautiful. Uh, I just wish I was more, I wish I cared about the characters more. And that's where I think I'm stuck. Yeah. Uh, anyway, we also need to talk about, uh, we need to talk about, so the coronavirus is happening. The world is nuts. Everything is canceled. Forget cancel culture. It is just like 20, the year 2020 is canceled. Uh, but one thing that is more of a paradigm shift is we are moving. They've just announced, I believe it was Universal announced. NBC Universal. Something that we've talked about recently that just is insane. They are going to release a handful of movies that are in the movie theaters right now on to an on-demand platform uh, that will allow you for $19.99 a month to be able to watch them. We are going to call in our friend Matt Giaquinto now, and he is going to, uh, he is obviously Emmy Award winning Matt Giaquinto, but I'll wait till we actually get him on the call so that we can uh, fully introduce him. But he's going to help shed a little light on whether this is a good or bad thing for the movie industry. Yo, Matt, welcome to the show. How you doing, buddy? Hey, hey, quarantine quasi. What's up, baby? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, how does it feel to social distance right now? Is it is it tough? Is it, you know, a man? An, oh, 
what is it? What are you? You're an Emmy award winning editor surrounded by by women at all time. You know, world globetrotter. Is it tough to uh, socially distance <laughs> yourself from everybody? Well, I, you know, it's it, so far it, it's we're what is this day six, and I've begun teaching my cats Portuguese sign language. Oh, um, well, that's yeah. uh, that's something. I have two cats. They've decided to they've decided to piss on my furniture to toy with me because I'm home. They're like, "Why are you home? Here, I'm gonna piss on your your Eames chair." <laughs> no, the cats don't. The cats actually love it when I'm home because that means they get fed more. Um, that makes sense. So, Matt, we're talking right now about. The uh, recent announcement that Universal this Friday is going to release three movies, one of them Invisible Man, which we talked about last week, uh, available on demand, again, for $19.99 for anybody to watch. We have talked about this in the past, how the movie theater industry would do itself well to allow its movies to go first run on demand, uh, maybe even uh, at the same time as they launch in the movie theaters. But this is the first time anyone's actually said, look, we're doing it because these movies are probably going to die if they don't, you know, it's, they're a couple weeks out. There's that one movie about the, uh, you know, the rich, the Republicans and Democrats hunting each other. I don't know what that's all about. The hunt. Is that what the it's hunt. called? And there's one other yep. movie, Emma, that I've never heard of before, but this is crazy that the movie industry is finally, said we're going to try it. I mean, AMC is supposed to lose like $263 million this year. Do you think this is something that at least now should be done, Matt? What are your thoughts? I think it's a brilliant move by Universal, uh, although I do not agree with the, you know, opening weekend release on demand simultaneous. I think like this perfect, this is like three, four weeks, you know, outside of the Invisible Man release, which opened up at number one at the box office. So, Universal, you know, what nobody is saying in all these press releases is with 90% of the globe you quarantine inside, people are going to just start pirating movies. And if the movies are, you know, if the theaters are closed, uh, Invisible Man was, was ripe. You know, it was the number one movie at the box office, you know, and did great business, great business. So why not head the piraters off of the, you know, cut them off at the pass? Right. Now, Matt, with that said, what do you think about putting it back in the box? Because now this is out. This is Pandora's box we just opened. This is the in-case-of-emergency break-glass option for Hollywood that really completely circumvents the theaters. Like, how are we going to be able to put this back and be like, okay, but now you have to go back to the movies again. No more, like, first-run on demand. Because, you know, for 20 bucks for a 48-hour viewing window, it's not bad. Especially if we have family members. Well, I mean, you know, yes, you're right. You're you're 100% right, Hambone. But, you know, there is still those movies that, you know, like they're not going to release James Bond, No Time to Die, they're, you know, or A Quiet Place 2 on demand at the same time in theaters. You, you know, you're going to – I can see some movies, but big, big movies like that, you know, like James Bond or, you know, the latest superhero movie. Right. They would never, they would never do first week on demand. Like I said, I could see a staggered release, you know, box office, you know, first of the month on demand at the end of the month. I don't know if they would even announce that, like maybe surprise announce that, uh, you know, depending upon the movie, because you know you don't, you know, you want people 
asses in seats. What ma- really matters here is money, right? I mean, it's all about money. If if Universal does gangbusters here, maybe does beyond what they were doing uh, in the movie theaters, there's a chance that this could catch up. I think that's where we need to see what happens. Yes, I do believe tentpole movies are not going to be first run on demand. But what about New Mutants, which guess what's been pushed to like 2021 and was supposed to come out in like 2017? That's perfect to just get it out. Just put it out right now. It's never coming out. Uh, you know, a lot of it also have to has to depend on, you know, what is Fios? You know, what is Time Warner? What is the cut they're taking of the on demand? Well, I don't think because gonna... it's a sliding scale when it comes to theaters. If it's 100 percent, again, that's great. You know, I, not even because, we, you know, if you can make 40 million on on demand, that's 60 million in box office. So I didn't think about it from that perspective. They haven't said what the distribution platform is yet. So I assumed it was app-based. Yeah, and I'm not speaking for Verizon here, so I don't actually know what the plan is for Fios with this uh, after you have it you know, shamelessly plugged it for me. Um, I don't know if it's going to be available on through cable on demand. I kind of thought this could be maybe Universal putting out an app that will allow them, or they might even already have something where you could buy through there. I mean, I thought it was going to be direct via the movie company, not necessarily using a third party. But though that would make sense because it probably would be easier for older people to use your traditional on-demand pay-per-view model. People, somebody might not have access. Say you're at home, say you've got cable, but you don't have a computer or a strong enough internet connection. You're not, you know, you're not streaming, you know. Does it have to be, that's a different universe too. On-demand is different from pure streaming like Netflix. Yeah. Well, I think we'll find out. I mean, it's going to be a few short days. As far as pirating, I feel that the market for pirating movie is significantly lower. You could quote me if I'm wrong. You know, tell me if I'm wrong. I feel like less people pirate large movies and you would see people pirating music or something that's a little bit easier to download. Oh, no. I mean, I completely the opposite end of the <laughs> spectrum. Because movies have predominantly gone digital, you know, one copy can cause hundreds of millions of dollars in damage because, you know, we're, we're long past the days of, you know, sitting in a movie theater with a camcorder, you know, watching, uh, you know, crappy cuts like that. Um, you know, we're talking pristine, high quality, high audio. Blu-ray. Yeah, exactly. I, I think we're not too far from the cam, though. You still find a lot of cams flowing around the Internet. There's still a man. If there is a camera phone or a high-end uh, camera phone out there, people are still shooting this stuff and you're hearing the audience. But <laughs> I get what you mean. Uh, I am very curious to see how this goes. I'm, I'm curious to see how it plays out. I'm, I want to see if this ro- goes longer. Look, we have no idea how long this this um uh, what's it called? Stay in place? Is that what they're called? Shelter in place might go on for. <laughs> Shelter in place. And who knows, by the time this episode drops, we could be in full-on lockdown. But, you know, it, it is possible that we might have a situation where if Universal does well, you know, Fox might consider it. And then, you know, the, the other movie, co- is MGM still around? I don't know. Other ones might follow suit. It, it, it will be very interesting, especially the stuff that's not predicted to make a ton of money. You know, it look, most movies, even the big tent, not tent poles, but like in, Invisible Man, look, it's hot. It may have went on longer 
But the fact is, it's it's one of those like March, February, March movies that usually go for a couple weeks, even if it doesn't make a lot of money. What a month, and then it would be, um, you know, in that limbo between on demand and the movie theaters. I think this is a smart move. I I, I just think that we like it would be a good idea for Disney to dump all those twenty first century Fox movies that bought like net like New Mutants. Like this is a great way to just get them out there. Well, I think we're going to see something like that when this week uh, Rise of Skywalker gets dropped and Frozen 2 gets dropped early. So, I mean, I'm confident that when they see people really hammering away and watching their service, they're going to go, well, you know, maybe we, you know, there's movies that we had in the theaters like Onward. I was super excited to go see Onward in the theaters, but uh, oh, now I can't. Yeah, that's pretty much just dead in the water, too. That came out a couple weeks ago. It did. And, you know, do they then say oh, you see the problem is the disney plus app doesn't have the ability to scale subscription so it's not like they're going to charge especially during an epidemic i wouldn't charge more the question is like do they think they would get more subscribers if they dropped it on disney plus which would be I kind of nuts would. that would yeah. be nuts uh it would be the biggest flop go ahead sorry matt and hambo hambo that that brings up an excellent point and i think more at the what you'll see be, become of all this onward yes it was hurt by uh this pandemic absolutely but it was not doing so good like it was probably at the level of good dinosaur in terms of the level of pixar success which was a right. horrible movie horrible movie it, it, you could easily say how about this a studio movie doesn't take off you know by that second or third week then you put it on demand yeah, you know, that's smart. It doesn't do anything. You know, you know, you don't I'm, have to automatic, automatically say that this is going to be in theaters on this date and on demand this date. You go on a movie by movie basis. And and it's amazing too because they have the in- infrastructure in place to do just that. Especially because on a movie like Onward, you know, they put a lot of money into it as far as promoting it, and also they're like, you know, we want to build a world out for this world. Like they made an, R- an Onward RPG game that is going to be coming out soon from USAopoly. Like they, you know, they're behind this movie, and this is a great way to get more people into it when they don't have to have the pressure to bring their kids to the movies to go see it. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I think it, I you know I think it would be very good. You know, if you take a look at a movie like uh, Fox's Mutants, I mean, you know, completely delayed production, lots of problems on set. I mean, that budget's got to be some fifty million, sixty. Oh, they're never making their money back, ever. Well, that, but, but that I wouldn't. But see, at this point, for a movie like that, you you say, all right, we're going to put that on demand. That's like a sense of failure. You know, you've got to, you've got to try. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I hate to be the actor who took points on that deal, you know? <laughs> oh, shit. Well, yeah, what's her name from Sansa Stark from... Oh, wait, not Sansa. It's the other one. Arya Stark from Game of Thrones, I believe, is in that one. Yep, Arya. I, I'm curious to see how it goes. I think this is, again, I think this is a giant pilot, like a huge beta test to see how this goes. I think everyone in the movie industry is watching, and hopefully Universal is honest with their numbers. So I, I would be very curious to see how this goes. I, I agree. I mean... And I think, you know, let's not forget part of this discussion is also Invisible Man was a $7 million budget. They had that their first weekend. Yeah. The rest of this is great. Yeah, from now that's on. true. You, you are right. Uh, let's. So, I mean, we have you on the horn now, Matt, so you're stuck with us for the next 15 minutes. I don't know if you've heard the news, but as I've been saying week after week, WrestleMania has not been canceled. 
And uh, Vince McMahon finally let the cat out of the bag. Look, I, I know there's disappointed people out there. There were people who thought it would be postponed to get, be given a proper treatment. I would be kind of upset if I had tickets to go, but at least you have a chance to get your money back right now. WrestleMania has been announced, will be moved to the Performance Center, which is uh, WWE's training facility in in is it in Tampa? I think it's Tampa or somewhere around there. Uh, yeah, but it is where they go to teach their young people how to train. They have done the last SmackDown and Raw from it in an empty, empty arena style. It's just weird. There is no one in the crowd. The first episode of SmackDown, very strange, where they didn't tell the wrestlers not to look at the, you know, not to, they're trained not to look at the camera. It's supposed to be don't break the, the third wall, but they kind of should have when there's no one in the crowd. So it's very strange watching it, but I did appreciate that they were trying to do something to get our minds off of the shitty stuff going on in the world today. Uh, but WrestleMania is the biggest show on earth. It's major, major financial draw for wrestle for WWE, and it is now going to have no audience, no paying audience. It will be delivered for free or via their um, their their app, and it will be done from a very small place with possibly no one in the crowd. Hey, Hambone, do you think they should put the other wrestlers, like whoever's not working, if they feel comfortable doing so in the crowd, yeah. just so there's an audience? If they put 20 people on each side and let them, you know, stagger them out, obviously you got to socially distance, but like if you just put them in there and let them make noise, man, you need to have some kind of energy. And that's the one thing like, yo, they should, when Stone Cold was on Raw the other night, he's like, you know, 360, you know what that means? Like the camera guy should have been going, what? What? Because they're there. Something. Something. Hambo knows, uh, you know, better than all of us. You're a band, you know, a room like that. We call that a cold room. Yeah. You can't play anything to a cold room. I mean, what would they, would they pipe in audience cheering? No, 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 no. They're not that dumb. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've played rooms to bartenders. I've played rooms to the one old town drunk, but yo, at least when the one old town drunk claps, it is the sound of someone that is not like your girlfriend or like your roadie clapping for you. <laughs> like you, you, you need that kind of energy. And you know, yeah. part of, part of me is like, when I heard this, I'm like, dude, they should just do the right thing and just postpone it. However, if people are healthy and they're willing to work and they can go and they could do this event. I mean, dude, if Vince was like, Vince was like feeling slick about it. He should just call up Fox and be like, yo, why don't we just air it? on Fox and let well, the no, entire too. world share WrestleMania. They have been building since January, even before then, for WrestleMania. The writing week to week to week, two, three up shows a week. They write for WrestleMania to then have to say we're stopping right now and we're postponing it. What do you do with the matches? What do you do with the storylines when you still have to do a week-to-week story? You can't just move Wrestle- WrestleMania. is too big. It's a stadium. It's massive. We're talking about 100,000 people. You can't just pick it up and move it three weeks out, four weeks out. It's not like a band playing a, a theater or 3,000 people that you can just pick another day during the year to do it. WrestleMania doesn't work that way. Plus, they have pay-per-views running through the year, including some major ones like SummerSlam and Survivor Series, that it's tough to just, where do you stick WrestleMania? Like, where does it go? It's very, very tough to just pick it up, just from storyline perspective. It's challenging. They would literally, to be able to do this, they would have to do all the WrestleMania matches, like on Raw, the week WrestleMania was supposed to be, and then do WrestleMania in what, October, November? It's too cold. You can't do September. It's outdoors. Like, there's so many... 
hypotheticals that make it tough to just reschedule WrestleMania. And I think that's one of the reasons why they chose to go the route they went. And I'm betting they might try to make SummerSlam a bigger deal now to try to recoup that revenue. But the fact is, I think this quarter and more into next quarter is going to be a loss for everybody. Huge loss. Oh, sure. Absolutely. I, I, I myself am working on a spinoff of George's favorite reality I don't think show. this is a show. Are you allowed to say anything? Are you under NDA? Be careful. Be careful what you say. I, 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 I'm, I'm choosing my words carefully. Okay. Uh, but it is probably the number one. Re- it's a spinoff of the number one reality show with their, I can't say contestants, participants. Yep. And we don't know. I mean, how is it still 90 days? Yeah, I feel bad for them because that show is stuck because they can't, like, I mean, I don't think anybody's going to be able to come into this country for a while. It's crazy nope. right now, Matt. I actually feel the worst, though, for um, all the independent wrestling promotions that bank on WrestleMania and the draw it brings into these cities. They all set up hundreds of, of shows. Like, there's shows the entire weekend, dozens and dozens of, of independent wrestling federations, big and small, that are banking on everyone being in town that weekend wanting to see other wrestling and they all now have to cancel. Now here's the big problem. That's really frustrating because Tampa decided to play chicken with Vince McMahon. Um, they basically screwed everybody. Tampa would not they canceled everything except for WrestleMania. They made Vince McMahon cancel WrestleMania by doing that. Um, Tampa has not declared a state of emergency yet. They have not declared anything that will allow anybody to collect insurance. And that's fucked everybody. I think WWE kept it terrible. Yeah. They kept it down to like two to three weeks. They're like, we have to at some point cancel. We can't do it the day before because people flew out for this. You'd have riots. Like it would be bad if people would not be able to collect because they waited out Tampa and it looks like Florida is not going to budge. You saw the beaches. Like they're still allowing people to be on the beach side by side. Like there is no social distancing. Florida is failing us right now. And, and the big thing was Tampa did not cancel it. And what's happening now is that all these independent wrestling federations that had shows scheduled are not are have to cancel too because why would people go out if the main draw isn't happening and they can't recoup the cost because nobody has declared a state of emergency. And I don't know if you can declare it after the fact. So yesterday Vince McMahon announced that WrestleMania will be you know moved to whatever this closed room, no audience thing. Everyone's got to get their money back. And, you know, the the airlines, for the most part, United isn't refunding yet. And the, the hotels are saying, well, it's not a state of emergency. Florida is fucking people right now. And it's just a sad state for, for everybody, let alone wrestling. Well, a couple quick updates. First and foremost, the Marriott finally caved for WrestleCon. So uh, enough pro wrestlers and high up people in the government who are wrestling fans hit them up. And we're like, yo, dude, this is not a good look. So. WrestleCon has been saved for, you know, as a company, but it, it does suck for all the independent companies who, you know, there is no insurance for this. And there needs to be something nationwide that says, like, I, I kind of think that if the president goes, yo, nationwide, stay in place, then these promotions can, like, get on with their lives and well, finally we'll have to cancel stuff. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the problem. So we'll see what happens. And again, retroactively, I don't know if what you can do, but for them not to to you know for the state of florida and for tampa to not have any sort of um you know state of emergency it's it's us you need a state of emergency or or some sort of 
you know, there's got to be something. Uh, what's the other word? State of emergency is the main one. But basically, there needs to be a reason for you to cancel everything for insurance to be able to kick in. And that's the problem right now. It's not that they don't have insurance. Most of them just can't claim it if there isn't a real emergency. And there isn't one until the governor says there is. And they're basically screwing everyone in Florida right now. So that's kind of sad. And I've ran tracks. That's kind of the worst I, I thing going wonder, around now. I, you know, I mean, if you, if you think about the biggest draw from Florida, is this something that they're getting pressure from Disney by? Disney's already closed. I but, mean, you know, what about the people who had, you know, tickets or, you know, plans or arrangements or whatever? Uh, and that screws them, too. Like, the fact is, I have Disney tickets right now. Now, I will say positive things about Disney. Disney has opened up their tickets where usually they're for four or five days if you buy them in advance. They're from four or five days of when you arrive. Uh, they've opened it up now where you can use your tickets until January 1st or something of next year. So they are doing the right thing. Disney's doing the right thing. Disney has closed the parks for at least two weeks, and then they're playing it by ear. This is not a Disney situation. This is 100% Florida tourism. I don't know what it is, but um, it it's kind of weird. It's kind of weird. Again, just look at the videos of the people at the beach this weekend, and it is sad seeing hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people on the beach. Yeah, it's like spring break, right? Yeah, it's spring break in Florida, and I honestly, would you expect anything else? Yeah, it's just really – that's the problem, and I think that's what it is. And, and again, the wrestling industry got caught up on it. I think there's some really dumb people doing dumb things right now, but I think we're going to see a lot more of that. Hey, Matt, how do you plan on social distancing, and what do you plan on doing for the next week or so? Well, I'll be uh, uh, editing the, my new reality show from my living room, surrounded by cats. How many cats do you have now? I have three rescues. Ah. Uh, well, you Aww, know, buddies. it's all nice. I got two. They <laughs> piss on everything. They're old. It is what it is. What's the strangest thing you've seen so far, Matt, with the uh, whole coronavirus issue? The strangest thing I, I have seen are people in the city walking around with the sawdust construction masks and um, the free dishwasher gloves you get with every mop. Yeah, I just talked about the dis. I talked about the the gloves to Hambone. Oh, you were. I think you were on the in the, in the group thread with that. Yeah, in the group thread. The gloves are absolutely ridiculous. Like everyone has said, the gloves do nothing to help you. It's easy. It's you can eliminate germs more by just washing your hands the moment you go in and not touching your face than it would to wear gloves. Because guess what? Nobody washes the gloves, and the gloves don't clean off as easy as your hands do. It's stupid. Well, I mean, you're supposed to dispose of the gloves. You know, like, just, you don't reuse the gloves. Just wash your hands. It's a virus. Well, yeah, I know, but I'm just saying that, like, don't you don't wash any, gloves. Unless you have a gaping wound on your finger, don't touch something and stick your stick your hand in your mouth. <laughs> you, you, you open a public doorknob, go wash your freaking hands. And, and the surgical mask, they are one way. They're meant to keep your germs in to you. People wear them on planes because they're sick. They're not to keep germs out out and i don't think people get that when you do surgeries you're not trying to keep the you know you're not dealing with people who are like there's no viruses when you do surgeries that's because you want to keep your germs off of the person being you know treated being you know surgically repaired whatever they're doing that's the weird thing people yeah it makes no sense I mean, you see what's going on, but you know people don't know San Francisco's on a complete total lockdown yeah citywide. Yep. 24-7, don't leave your house. On the other end of the country, we have Florida, which refuses to declare a state of emergency. Well, Matt, let me put exactly. it to you this way, buddy. We remember the mayor 
of Amity when he just wouldn't close the beaches when there was a shark. <laughs> how it, we know how that turned out for him. Uh, yeah, but he, he was still the mayor in the sequel. Well, I mean, have you seen politics in 2020? <laughs> Hambone, I think we're going to need to get a bigger podcast. At least we yeah. got to figure out how to do more callers because this is just going to be a whole lot of the worst quality sound. But you know what? We want to give you content, and we we are under the assumption we'll try to give you the best quality we can. Even if it has to be a whole bunch of us on phones, uh, we want to try to make you laugh and get your mind off of things. Hambo, what's the strangest thing you've seen so far? What's the weirdest thing that you've uh, encountered? So last week, before everything really started popping off, I was actually just I was coming back from somewhere, and I went to stop at the supermarket just to get a couple things for breakfast for myself like you know before there was any talk of quarantine or anything uh but i guess there was a little bit of rumblings that things were were starting to pop off and that people were starting to like run out of hand sanitizer and stuff because there was an old couple older couple and i'm walking into the supermarket and this is like 8 30 at night and at stop and shop they have these 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 little stands that you could pull out like a, a sanitizing wipe to wipe down your shopping cart and they, they have them year-round but this woman is standing there with her husband. She's got her cart like in the automatic door so they can't shut. And she's just pulling and 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 pulling. And pulling, and pulling. Like, she pulls every one of them out. She has like a giant like like a, a, a giant bounce ball size like, you know, like a, like a small kickball worth of these wipes. And then her husband opens up the bag. He's, he's got one of those bags that you get to if you're going to buy like say things of corn or maybe if you're buying like poultry in the meat department. And he's got it, and he's holding it open. And she's going to put it in, and within inches of where the bag is, she just drops it. She drops it right on the ground. She starts screaming at him. She's like, you fucking moron. You ruined it. Now they're, they're dirty. Now they're ruined. Now we can't use them. Now what are we going to do? Now, this is all your fucking fault. And he's standing there. I mean, he is distance away from her. Like, you, you, you just let go of them, and you're like a foot away from me. But he just took it like a champ. And I'm sure he took it more when he got home, too. And I'm like, wow, man, this is crazy. I was like, oh, hopefully, like, this is not what the new normal is. And then fast forward a few days, and it's, you know, the apocalypse. Yeah, I, we're still holding on Disney. I'm like, all right, we're going to wait this through a little bit. If it's, I mean, look, I'm waiting for United to cancel flights. I mean, we, I, I, I'm in the same boat as everybody else. Like, let's wait if it gets really bad yeah. and they start canceling. I want to get my money back. I want to, you know, I've put a lot of money <laughs> to go to Disney. Disney is refunding, like, hotels and stuff. It's just... You know, I, I'm not, and or th people are working on two week by two week basis, so it's like we kind of have to play that by ear. I'm hoping this means that when they do open stuff up, Disney's empty because it'll be nice, it's a lot easier to go see Star Wars Land. Look, guys, I thank you so much for being on the show, Matt. How can the kids reach you if they want to find out more about the life of Matt? Facebook is all I got. I stay. I don't social distancing. I've already been doing that, but I can say to our listeners, do not pirate. But if you get a chance, go see Invisible Man. <laughs> out on Friday on demand. Hambone, how can the kids reach you? You can find me on the Twitter at Handbreaker. I tweet about cute animals, I tweet about Dungeons and Dragons, I tweet about professional wrestling. Also, you see me tweeting lately. I'm starting to run games on Discord. I know things are going to be tough for people when they feel isolated because of the social distancing. So if you catch me on Twitter, you want to play some Dungeons and Dragons, you know, as long as you're not a dick, you're totally welcome to join on in. You can also find me on the Instagram at John Hambone McGuire. It's going to be mostly pictures from my basement, everybody, because I ain't going out. 
George, where can people find you? Uh, people can reach me at GLK Creative on Instagram. They can reach me at GLK Creative on Twitter. Uh, obviously, writing a lot about Verizon now and how we're helping people get through all this. So check that out if you care about things like that. I'm at cultofgeorge.com. I am at mytitv.com. That's where our entire archive of old episodes are, including our old television stuff when we used to do video. We'll eventually get back to that when we finally get guests in the studio again. Matt, thank you so much for joining us. Hambone, you're the best. If you, you know, I just the want the guys. If Love you guys, guys get sick, especially the older person on the phone. You know, who's in that in that in that target in that target range of kind of boomer. Um, I, I I just Matt go in a bubble. Just go. To, I keep I tell my parents every day when I go drop off gay. Just go in a bubble, mom. If you leave the house, I will kill you. Do not get sick, Matt. We love you so. And you smoke too, Matt. You are like everything that's like wrong with like the whole. Please just don't be healthy, Matt. Be healthy, and that's where we're saying that usually usually we say. We usually we say stay, um, you know, you know, rate, subscribe, review. Right now we're just saying if you're old, don't go out and don't smoke. And we love you all and stay safe. <laughs> Hambone, take us out. Jesus Christ, George. Everybody remember, especially you, George. Be nice. Aloha. I am being nice. I'm sharing my love. I'm being considerate, Hambone. <laughs> Why would you say that? This is all about considering and loving Matt. It's he's got white hair. George? <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> He's laughing. Who else hear this? Uh, I'm going to train uh, my cats to come after you. Yeah, seriously, attack cats. You got three now. There's a squad of ninjas. <laughs>